Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighters Fury inside the heart of a champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighters Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. It's Tobin here with you on a beautiful Sunday morning. I feel I feel bright-eyed and bushy-tailed because got a little extra sleep today. Got to sleep in a little bit more. That 9 a.m. wake-up call on Sundays is for the birds on this show, man. Oh, every football season that rolls around. And I, and I always have this debate, too, with uh, with management. I'm just like, we really need a three-hour football game, f- football pregame show to just preview the same thing all the time. Like, we know how this inevitably ends. We're like, all right, I'll see you first week of January because we know the Dolphins will not be in the playoffs and this is not going to be extended very long. I try and debate it. I'm like, hey, well, what about the, how about a two-hour pregame show to talk about the same thing all the time and getting ready for those Dolphins? Nah, nah, I can't do it, can't do it. All right, whatever. I'll get up earlier. That's fine. But we're here now, 10 a.m. This is a... Uh, this is the next rollout, I, I would guess, until inevitably I will fail in my my uh, negotiations to keep this show from t- at, at 10 a.m. next Sunday at football season. So, you know, for the next 35 weeks or so, here we are, 10 a.m. to 11. You guys can catch us every single Sunday morning. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show, what we do, we will take this hour slot. We will uh, talk about all the latest happenings in mixed martial arts and boxing. Those are my two... Two of my favorite sports, and from there we'll also recap all the uh, all the fight action that usually happens on a Saturday night. A lot of the times it's a recap show, but yesterday was one of those nights. No boxing, no UFC. There's no Bellator, no small promotion, nothing. It was a it was a cold, cold night. It seemed like everybody's like, ah, go up against the NFL playoffs. Not so much. Not for us. Um, we got the we got the UFC deal coming down the pipe around January 19th. It's the same weekend as. Adrian Broner, Manny Pacquiao, but one of the rarities on this show, when fight news is happening, it's usually throughout the week. Usually when we're breaking stuff down, it's usually the next morning, and it's it's uh, what happened last night in the cage, what happened last night in the ring. There was actually some really, really tasty news that broke overnight, and that is that John Bones Jones is going to be making his return at UFC 235 in March. It's going to be a very quick turnaround for John Jones, that is, uh, that's great to see. And he is not taking on Daniel Cormier. As we talked about last week, I got Daniel Cormier, John Jones fatigue. I need a little bit of a breather with these two. I'd like them to go their own paths. I'd like DC talk this week about facing Stipe. If the Brock Lesnar thing doesn't happen, John Jones, he's not really into taking on Daniel Cormier. If it's not at, at light heavyweight, which really makes no sense in the world because he has proven twice over that he can dominate at that matchup at that weight class. I don't even think heavyweight would make that big of a difference, quite frankly, if they were to do it there. Um, but I just feel like that needs a little bit of time to cook. You know, there needs to be a little bit more time for the story to just be John Jones dominating again. This is the, the most talented guy to ever step inside that cage. Let's just see him go do his thing for a consistent time. That's That's been the frustrating thing. For people who want to watch John Jones fight, he's the best to ever do it. He's the most talented guy to ever do it. He's one of the most unique fighters of all time. But this this in the cage, getting suspended in the cage, legal problems in the cage, all the stuff that has hindered his career now over the last four years, 
has has been very very it's been frustrating as a as a fan of the sport and I'm sure has been 10 times over as frustrating for John Jones to not be able to put his footing on the sport like he probably should have. Um he's not in the deepest division in the world. He probably just took out an Alexander Gustafson, the uh the best contender there was. But the guy he's taken on reportedly according to TMZ which was confirmed through Dana White is he's going to be taking on Anthony Lionheart Smith who's on a three-fight win streak. He's taken out Shogun. He's taken out Rashad Evans. He's taken out Volkan Uzdemir, who was a title contender. Um, three stoppages. The uh, Uzdemir fight was uh, was a was a uh, it was a harrowing fight. It took a lot of it took a lot of guts from Anthony Smith. He fought that fight injured. Um, got busted up early in it, and then ended up sinking in a submission late in it. As both of those guys were getting really tired, so he is now going to be the next guy to try and challenge for John Jones's title. This will be an interesting one because. Anthony Smith has been on a great run as of late. He's had a very, very good resurgence in his career. Um, He's really established a name for himself by taking out legends of the sport in Shogun and Rashad Evans. Here's where I have pause that he's going to be able to do those things to John Jones. You know, for a long time, people have always thought, all right, if you're going to beat John Jones, if anybody's going to beat John Jones, it's somebody who's going to have to have knock you dead power it's why for a long time mma fans have wanted to see the john jones anthony rumble johnson matchup because rumble johnson he has that touch you and you go to sleep power um anthony smith is not quite that but he's been very accurate with his punches been very slick with his punches he does inflict a lot of damage um but it it's tough to look at a guy who has this resurgence right now and has put it on the back of beating a Shogun, beating a Rashad Evans when they've been so much later in their careers. You know, these guys have had a lot of wear and tear on their body. The Rashad Evans fight was basically was basically the official retirement send-off for an absolute UFC legend. You know, John Jones beat that guy when when there was still there was still tread on the tires with Rashad Evans. I won't even want to say it was quite his prime, but that was that was looked upon as a real passing of the torch fight. Like John beating Rashad Evans even though he didn't finish him the way Anthony Smith did. Winning that fight the way it was, there was a lot of personal bad blood in that fight. Um, it, it, it was a very big turning point for Rashad Evans in his career as far as uh, where he was training and all that type of stuff. It's, to me, you look at John Jones and you say, okay, those are great wins that Anthony Smith has. He has Shogun and he has Rashad Evans and, and Vulcan Uzdemir. You know, give him props there. But um, those two legend fights that have really gotten Anthony Smith on the map and has, has put him on this 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 fast tread to John Jones. John Jones was winning those fights five years ago. You know, he's he's already got this on his He's got the Shogun win on his resume. He's got the Rashad Evans win on their resume. When those guys were younger, better, uh, more in their more in their prime fighters. So he's kind of been there, done that when it comes to these two guys that Anthony Smith is is really looked upon as the vault. And and I look at this match and I'm just like, well, where where can Anthony Smith come in? Does he go in? And does he swarm him? You know, how does he? How do you get inside on that type of uh, on that type of a on that type of a guy? I mean, you're 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 looking at this this match and you're like, man, I, I really don't know where Anthony Smith can go find. And I know everybody's looked upon this. This is the this is the mis the misnomer that came out of last week. Where everybody was saying, "Ah, oh, John looked rusty. John looked rusty." I, I, I just didn't see it. I, I didn't. Did I? Did I see a guy who didn't f- start the fastest? 
He's never been the fastest starter ever. Like He is normally a guy that likes to establish that range, likes to set you up with kicks, likes to really make you question to come inside and that risk. Um, if Anthony Smith is is going to go through that wood chipper, man, there's a lot of weapons that John Jones can throw at him. And just on its face, I, I look at it and I say, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's 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 going to be a an, a pretty steady title defense for John Jones, and I even feel like he's going to find a way to finish him. Um, but overall, I think as long as everything goes great with testing, uh, he has to, the, the one caveat to this: he he does have to get his license in Nevada because it is scheduled for UFC 235 in March, which is going to be in Las Vegas. As long as that all goes with it, this is this is going to be supremely important for the UFC. They said that this this past pay per view was uh, just under a million, or it's trending toward just under a million, which is tremendous in today's day and age, where pay per views becoming harder and harder to sell, uh, especially you know if it's not a Conor McGregor fight, if it's not uh, a Ronda Rousey fight, you know John is is got to be the guy. He has to be the the face of the UFC going forward because. Conor McGregor is becoming a little bit too too rich for the UFC's blood. He has this supremely successful whiskey business that looks like it's going forth. Um, if he fights, it doesn't look like he's going to have many more matchups, even though he's not old. Um, it's just tough to know what's going to be the thing that gets him out of bed, and and what are the matchups in in that in that division where he has just it, it's it's a gauntlet there. Tony Ferguson. Dustin Poirier, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Ally Aquinta, um, probably Max Holloway down the line, Kevin Lee. I mean, all these, all these really, really talented. Uh, Justin Gaethje, Donald Cerrone, if he comes down, it's just it, it's never ending. Edson Barbosa, it's it's never ending at 135 with guys who excite you with huge title fights, and with John, you're looking at 205. It's a little bit thin. Anthony's definitely the guy. It's 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 good that they're going in this direction. They're giving the absolute number one contender his shot. They're giving it to him soon. Um, and if John gets this win, let's say that DC does get that one fight in. He's he's saying that he wants to fight around his birthday. The plan was to retire around his birthday, which I believe is in March or April. Um, if they get that one more in, if, if DC does get that fight around, they are on a collision course for the summer. And I do think that's going to help. You know, let's not just dive into this thing and say, all right, you know, DC versus John Jones. We've been there. We've done that. It needs something new. It needs something. If you're going to do it, it needs something new. It needs to be sparked. And whether that is, you know, DC taking on Stipe, the absolute number one contender at heavyweight, and John taking on Anthony Smith, the absolute number one contender at light heavyweight, and then these guys are on a collision course for heavyweight, and then the winner of that takes on Brock Lesnar. I can get down with that. It makes a lot more sense than these guys just jumping in because nobody else can really bring the business that these two can. I, I get it, but just just lineage wise, um, record wise, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to do it now. It really doesn't. Other than these guys hate each other, they can talk a lot of smack on Twitter. But I'm telling you guys, this stuff is getting in reruns with 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 DC coming with the steroid jabs with John Jones calling. Uh, calling himself DC's daddy, we get it, guys. Like we get it. It's it's been there. Something this needs something new to put a jolt into that rivalry again because it's kind of stale right now. And I would say the fact that that 
John Jones is doing this fight and that DC is probably going to line himself up when he's starting to mention Stipe again. Um, you know, there was stuff with the Nevada State Athletic Commission regarding Brock Lesnar. That's looking less and less likely. I I think that these guys are going to be apart from each other for a little bit before we see them again. And maybe DC's retirement's held up until the end of 2019. I don't know. But I'm, I'm liking the fact that the UFC is going in this direction. Now, overnight, it seems like we not only got this news on John Jones, but another title shot that's going to be going down at UFC 235. 235. We'll tell you about that next. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, guys. Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. It's Tobin here with you. So, also after the news of John Jones yesterday, this was tweeted out this morning by uh, manager, fight manager, Ali Abdelaziz. He tweeted out, Signed, it's official. That came in probably around 7.30-ish, 7.45-ish this morning. Um, He represents Kamaru Usman, who is a tremendous welterweight. He trains down here. Um, And Dana White has been on the record. He has said that Kamaru Usman is going to get a title shot at UFC 235, whether it be against Tyron Woodley or a, a would suppose, interim title, although... If Tyron's not going to fight, are they going to strip him? Like, it's not injured. I don't believe he's injured. Um, so maybe it would be for undisputed. I don't know. But he's, uh, he said that Kamaru Usman is going to get a title shot. He is going to get it at UFC 235. And the only thing I don't get with this, because I don't want to make it seem like Kamaru is not um, worthy of a title shot. He deserves a title shot. He, he for sure deserves a title shot. He's put a lot of wins together. Um, I think he's championship caliber. I think he could beat Tyron Woodley. I think he's good enough to beat Colby Covington for sure. The thing that just doesn't make sense to me is I feel like you're letting a very heated rivalry kind of just go by the wayside. Now, I understand that Colby and Tyron have been circling each other and seemingly the two can't agree on a date. And so as a promoter, I can understand why Dana White is saying, you guys can go bleep yourselves. I've given you opportunities to do this fight, and it hasn't happened. Um, I got to imagine that if this fight is now signed and official, it is going to be Usman versus Woodley. And the reason I say that is Woodley is a champ, I'm sure that he got news that John Jones is going to be fighting on this pay-per-view. That's very good for business. Uh, John Jones' last pay-per-view reportedly did very well. And I can't imagine that Woodley, even knowing what the Colby fight could do from a business standpoint, I can't imagine that he'd want to be carrying a pay-per-view by himself with Colby. Imagine those guys could probably do good numbers. Let's say at the best those guys could do 500,000, which is still very good. I'm not trying to scoff at that, but let's just say, let's say those guys get the heat on each other. It's heated. They, they, they bump themselves. They get to like John Jones, DC one level of heated. Um, and people are very into that fight. I still would say just based on Colby's kind of new onto the scene, as far as national recognition amongst UFC fans, Tyron's never been the biggest draw in the world. Um, although he does get a lot of exposure being on TMZ and all that stuff. I would say at best, if those guys had to carry the pay-per-view by themselves, I would say probably does a half mil. 
being on a card with John Jones, on top of that, having Tyron Woodley and Usman, a very, very competitive title fight, a great title fight that I think fight fans will be excited for, I think makes up for the difference if you're Tyron Woodley. So I don't think that when uh, uh, Ali Abdelaziz puts out signed its official, I don't think this is going to go into the case of Usman fighting Colby Covington for an interim title or, or an undisputed title because Tyron's been stripped. I would imagine now that John Jones is on board fighting Anthony Smith on the same card at UFC 235, that Woodley is also going to be on that card, that he's not going to miss out on being on this type of a pay-per-view event. I think that um, John Jones has had a lot of headlines around him. I think that, believe it or not, all the steroid stuff is going to have a a tune-in effect because there's going to be drama surrounding that no matter what, and... There are going to be people that are just now going to be tuning into John Jones to lose. You know, for a long time, John has been in this weird state of what do I act? Do I act like the perfect athlete, the most marketable athlete? Do I embrace the heel fully? Um, and you can just tell, like, sometimes he's just not comfortable in his own skin when it comes to these these interviews, being on in press conferences and all that stuff. He doesn't know what's you never know what switch is going to be on with him. And I feel like the whole testing thing, picograms, metabolites, all that stuff, people aren't going to need what he says. Um, Because I think we've just become, as a society of sports fans, very skeptical of any performance-enhancing drug denials. Or we're just kind of numb to hearing people say, no, 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 you got to hear this, you got to hear it explained. So if people think you cheated, you cheated. Like... I can tell you when I, when we, you know, if I just retweet a John Jones tweet, uh, people that follow me that respond to it are just like cheater, steroid cheat, blah, 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 blah. You know, the, the, the perception's there already. So him being on a card so quickly, right after all this stuff has happened, I think it's, I think it's for him is going to be good for business. I think John Jones, I think John Jones, he, he came in this week and he was like, uh, on social media, and he said that he wanted to fight three times in 2019. And I think for his, for his standpoint, that is the smartest thing that he can do. You know, he's normally, he's been a guy where we've gotten him once, 18-month layoff, and then he hopefully gets to fight again. I think that John Jones needs to be in the mind of the minds of fight fans consistently in 2019 because I think he has a real opportunity to be the guy in 2019 with with the questions of Connor Khabib who knows how long they're going to be out uh we still don't have their suspensions handed down he's got a real big opportunity here um but getting back to the co-main event which I'm going to assume for right now is Usman versus Tyron Woodley uh another really really good matchup these guys you're talking about in Kamar Usman his last fight against Rafael Dos Anjos Really dominated him, really bludgeoned him, showed some really, really effective striking towards the end of that fight, too, after after um, giving him the business, really, the entire fight until they got to that final round. He is he is tremendously hard. He's been very, very avoided um, and has also gone through his ebbs and flows with the company. You know, he had this comment, it was about two fights back, where he said, oh, that was me at, like, 30%. Dana White didn't like that. He got ripped for that. He's like, why, why would you say that? That was that you put out a 30% performance. I don't get that. But you know how Dana is. He's very fickle with these relationships with fighters. And, and it seems like Usman's kind of his guy right now. Like, this is the guy who's hungriest for the title that he is. Um, he, he is hell-bent on 
getting into this picture of being the elite guy. And, you know, Colby had that win against Rafael Dos Anjos, and we haven't really seen him since. You know, now now we're going to be in this, in, in, this, in this realm where Tyron's taken out Darren Till, um, beat him soundly, and now he's going to get a chance to fight Usman. Like, is the strategy from Colby at this point, like, let's just wait everybody out? Like, if Tyron does the dirty work of fighting Kamar Usman, um, Colby's probably not going to have to. It's a, it's, it's a weird one. And it is, you know, I will say, like, if I had my, if I had my choice, I want to see, obviously, the bad blood. Because I don't think there's going to be that bad, you know, that, 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 that personal hatred between John and Anthony. I think that these guys, I think you see Anthony, he's not the most vocal guy in the world, even though he, even when he was on Fox. This guy just wants to go in, do his business, and, and he wants to be world champ. Um, Usman the same way. There's a lot of respect between Kamaru Usman and, and Tyron Woodley. So I think it is a card that could could have used that 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 jolt of energy. But um, again, this is still a tremendous matchup. It's a hard matchup. It's 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 a hard one to predict. I mean, you know, you wonder with Tyron, he has been. I mean, he's been in it with the best of the best. And has found a way to bro- break everybody down. Um, and with Usman, he's he's on the rise there. There's that hunger there. I mean, there's 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 this this this. I, I do wonder when you come into this fight, is is there going to be a a different level of of desire? Want can can Tyrone still go out this this fight with the same fire? Because it's it's hard. It's hard being a champion and defending time after time after time, um, taking on those top contenders, especially when it's maybe not necessarily the matchup that you want, um, you know. But I think I think Tyron has been at, at, the one thing I'll say about Woodley, he has he has answered the call on every single one of those questions and concerns about whether or not he does too much outside the octagon, about whether or not this is the matchup that's uh, if if Darren Till is going to be too big for him. Um, you know, the, the booze from fans, the Damian Maya fight where he, it's the, the, the fewest amount of strikes in a championship bout, you know, but he's just trying to avoid getting submitted. I think from his standpoint, um, he's got this crop there now of we've, and we've talked about this at welterweight where it was till Usman and Colby Covington. And if he takes out all three of those, now you're talking about a guy who's not only been in there with the past era and beating them all. But now he's, you know, he's he's taken on that next wave of, of new challengers, and, and that's the one thing that's for for Tyron as opposed to John, he's really got that next wave where he can prove himself. And he goes if he goes out there and he dominates those that 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 trilogy of guys, Usman, Darren Till, and Colby Covington, um, you know, you do have to start talking about Tyron being in in a GSP welterweight level. I really do believe that um, because. These guys are no joke. It's it, it's an absolute. It's not I, in my opinion. It's not quite one fifty five because I don't find the style of all all of these guys the most dynamic in the world. But damn, it's it, it, I I think you could definitely say it's just as tough. Um, the only other thing, the only other guy who would be a challenge there would be Ben Askren, but they're BFFs, so I don't think we're ever going to see that matchup. Um, and Ben's just getting onto the scene with UFC. feels like with him, he's going to need a couple of fights to really put himself in the, the consciousness of the fan. But it, look, I'm bummed that we're not going to get 
the Woodley versus Colby fight because yes, it does it does I think provide the most fireworks and and has the potential to be the next John Jones versus Daniel Cormier as far as personal hate. Um, but this is this th- make no mistake, Usman deserves this shot, and it's not it's not I don't think it's the the fight the fans want the most, but. It's not. It, it, it feels to me like they're not. You're not losing out that much with this matchup. This is a very hard fight for Woodley. It's going to be on a stacked card where John Jones is going to be on it. And from my standpoint, you can't. You can't. You can't bitch about that too much. You can't. It can't be. It can't be one of these things where oh, I can't. Can't believe that 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 they're not doing Colby versus Woodley. It's like, I get it. Um, I definitely think that fight should be one, but to me, this isn't two this to me is 1a because ultimately i think woodley if he fought colby if usman would have just stayed by the sidelines and would have fought him in august nobody would have blinked it's just i think to people the order is a little bit weird um but there's also hate between between usman and, and colby so if usman does come out on top and then colby ends up having to fight him um that 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 i think is gonna be a fun matchup too i think everybody like everybody hates colby in this in this in this welterweight division, he is he is absolutely despised. Um, not just because of his personality and his gimmick, but a lot of people don't you know don't think that he's in their class. And so I think he's got this opportunity where everybody's going to want to fight him because people just want to beat him up. And so because of that, um, he can probably deal with the layoff better than anybody else can. So Usman getting this shot now. Is good for Kamaru because he's. I I think people realize this guy is on a hot streak. He is very deserving. He does. He does. Uh, he does stack up with these guys. But I, I think he, to me, brings a lot inside the ring. But we don't know as much about him outside the ring. Like that that extra stuff that comes with it. You know, Tyron is always going to have the chip on his shoulder. And feel like the UFC is uh, a bit against him, and is always putting him in bad decisions, and never gives him what he wants. Um, you know, he's a, a he's a tremendous talker. He's very he's very polarizing. Um, Colby, same way. Uh, people think that probably out of the three of these guys, he's got the least amount of skill inside the octagon, but he gets people uh, buzzing about him, especially his peers buzzing about him as far as wanting to kick his ass. So. I think that's always going to be there for him. But but Kamaro, he is right now got the cards as far as he's got the wins. He has the he has the 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 best performance as of late, and I think that he's kind of just got to ride this wave of being the best guy. And that's the thing that's interesting about both of these challengers with Anthony Smith and with Kamaro. You know, neither one of these guys really talked themselves into these title shots they won their way into title shots and that is that is a breakaway from where we've been a lot of the times it's been well you got to be you, you got to win but you also got to talk your way I, I was more upset with the last title decision at welterweight where they decided to give it to darren till because one darren till missed weight two it wasn't this memorable performance against wonder boy um and he was just so new into the scene and so I felt like the only reason they were given Darren Till this title shot against Tyron Woodley was because he got a cool accent 
talks well, and they're hoping they can, you know, get this, like, microwaved McGregor situation where we got another European fighter who talks a lot of smack, who knocks people dead. We might have something here. It kind of just felt forced. Usman is not forced. Usman has has absolutely won his way to this position. He's earned it. And I, I got I, I don't really have a tremendous beef with it. If if we had our ways, all things even, yeah, I want to see the Woodley versus Covington fight. But I'm not I'm not gonna be sitting here screaming about making this matchup. Because I, I do think it's a very good champ versus contender matchup and a and a very deserved champ versus contender matchup. So that's a hell of a card you got. UFC 235 coming up in March. That's a doozy. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. A couple shout-outs I want to give to uh, some local fighters going down. Uh, Shout-out to Amanda Nunes, who came back to American Top Team this week with her two championship belts. I thought Dan Lambert made a good point. Uh, owner of American Top Team, that uh, that she should be allowed to defend both belts right now. I really don't see a problem with that, especially just with the status that the 145 division's at. There's not really any fighters, so I don't really see a point in stripping her. Uh, and if and if a matchup unfolds there that is juicy, I, I, I think it'd be better served that you have a reigning champion there than a vacant championship. I think, if anything, that's going... If you're going to make that division anything... It's going to be better served that you have somebody who's the face of it. So, for example, in the cases of recent double champions, Daniel Cormier, he was heavyweight champion, got big, um, and John was going to return, and he was going to return to either fight him, but we knew that DC had this fight with Brock Lesnar down the pipe. So you have deserving 205ers who need a crack at the belt. So he had to give that up. In the case of McGregor, he was gone. He went to box. He was the champion in one division over the most stacked division there was at 155. He had no plans of going back to 145. Um, just time-wise, man, like a lot of these, the, the, you're talking about thick divisions that have standing contenders. Like you need to kind of move on with things, but with, with Amanda, she happens to be champ over one division that really has Megan Anderson and that's it. And Megan Anderson is very new on the scene. She's not really that known to people yet, as far as in the States are concerned, because, you know, she lost her last fight against Tali Holm before beating Katzengano via this weird toe kick to the eye, a toe poke, basically. So I don't think people are jonesing to see her quite yet. And if they are, it really, you shouldn't put yourself in this position where she's, let's say she goes and she beats whomever. Let's say she rematches Katzengano, and this time it's for the vacant 145 championship. I think both of those women would want to beat Amanda Nunes to become the undisputed featherweight champion with no questions, you know, because then Amanda's basically going to have to come up again. If she wanted to, could come up again and, and fight for a title that should really already be hers. And then 135, you know, she's still established there. Um, Valentina has her own division to kind of reign at the moment. Haven't seen the Holly Holm moment. They really could do that at, at either weight class. So 
kind of with Dan Lambert. Like, until both of those divisions get a little bit of a, a foothold, Amanda should be allowed to keep both belts. I think it's a good marketing, uh, a good marketing thing for right now. Um, I don't feel like she's holding anybody up at this point, you know. And that's and that's mostly when we get to these interim conversations. It's usually because hey, other people need to other people need to to get uh, other people need to get into the picture. Same thing with George St. Pierre. Like George St. Pierre went to go win the 185 belt, didn't really make a whole lot of a sen- a whole lot of sense, but. All right, he's he's the champ now, and kind of just gave it right up. It would be fun to see one of these actual double champs, which has now become more common. It's not becoming quite as cool. Like they're doing this fight upcoming on uh, January, January nineteenth, where TJ Dillashaw is going down to flyweight. This one I've been uh, against for a long time uh, because one, it seems to us all that the one twenty five division is going to be a thing of the past, and two. Going down in weight to be a double champ just seems a little bit weird. You know, it, it, the thing that made Amanda so special, going up in weight to fight the unstoppable cyborg. Uh, Conor McGregor going up in weight after being featherweight champ to go win another belt. Um, George St. Pierre going up in weight. Daniel Cormier going back to heavyweight. It's it just it has a different feel to me than shrinking down to collect even in even in boxing typically the the way to go is you go up you know Mikey Garcia is going up in weight to fight Errol Spence that is what makes that exciting challenging um and I'm not I'm not it's not like this thing where I'm trying to say I I understand that cutting weight you could argue cutting weight is one of the most challenging things in the sport I get it it's just the idea of oh he's the 135 champ he's going out this one's a little bit different. I think the 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 Cejudo fight is a little different with TJ Dillashaw because I think Cejudo definitely could fight at 135. Um, with Mighty Mouse, it kind of felt like all these 135s were just picking on Mighty Mouse. You know, it was just like one of these things where you're like, all right, you guys got nothing established on your own, so you're gonna go fight the the reigning flyweight champ. Um, and it, it turned out with Cejudo, the situation was like Cejudo said that he he tried to negotiate a little bit more to get this 135 title and the UFC basically said bleep you now you're going to defend your title and you're in your same contract is that's the way he revealed it uh, a couple months back so this one doesn't bother me quite as much but even still I just I find it to be a little bit goofy you know these guys both could be fighting at 135 that's where the future is for these guys anyway um I, I think I think that's where you should do the fight but Amanda's in this, I think, unique situation just because, you know, I think I think the 145 division isn't really established yet. And the 135 division kind of needs some reestablishment, especially with Valentina now staking uh, her flag at 125. And we don't really know where Holly's going to be. I think, I think it could use a little bit of cooking. And so right now the face of all that should just be uh, Amanda Nunes, double champ, reigning double champ, and and let's just go that that direction right now. She did this cool video too. I don't know who put up. She put up this video of uh, her house. She's got like this damn cool belt rack. I re- I, I put it on my Twitter account. I'll retweet that if you guys want to check that out. Um, it's it's got like snaps and like hangs down. She's got like nine belt or six or seven belts up there now. It looks real cool. Also, shout out to our guy Daya Davis, uh, one of the trainers at ATT. Uh, I was, uh, I went by his, he's got a new boxing gym opening up in Boca. Uh, the Boca boxing district is what it's going to be called. And, uh, it was really cool. He had, he had a UFC contender, 
uh, Dustin Poirier there, uh, friend of the show Kayla Rocco, who is uh, going to be uh, who's, who's going to be making her pro debut very very soon. She trains at ATT. She was there. Um, really cool place in Boca. I think it's opening up in a couple weeks. Like in actually, I think it's like a, a week's time. I think is the grand opening. So if you guys want a good boxing gym to go to, if you're in the Boca area. Go check out our guy Dia Davis and, and his new place. It's right there off 95 on, on Dixie Highway. Um, should be cool. It looks it looks super, super nice in there. Um, and it was uh, it was pretty awesome to see. And uh, it was cool. I actually saw, I got a chance to meet Dustin for the second time. I said, uh, he actually remembered the last time he was in here, it was, he was he was on the morning show with Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans came in studio. The UFC was doing a tour and, and they had Dustin with him. And he uh he's been on he's been on a tear i'm not saying that this this was like a good luck charm or anything because it was it coincided with him going up to lightweight but you know he's in this interesting spot too you want to talk about deserving guys like we were talking about kamara usman i mean dustin deserves a title shot and this was this was crazy so dana white comes out this week and he says that the rematch between mcgregor and habib Nurmagomedov should happen in 2019 um, we don't know what their suspensions are yet, and I get it. Any fight McGregor does is going to be the biggest business. But if you don't have Tony Ferguson fight for that title, what's the point of having titles? You know, like all right, if you guys are going to do that, do that. But like, have have Khabib give up the belt at that point then? Because what's the point? Like, if you're not going to have, if you have this killer division with all these absolute monsters, Poirier. Tony Ferguson, uh, uh, just just it goes on. Kevin Lee, we mentioned like Justin Gaethje, uh, Donald Cerrone's going back there. If you have this absolute murderer's row, Ally Aquinta, if, if you have all these guys at 155, if they're not going to fight for a championship, you're just going to do what's biggest business. It's like, I, you know, I get it. I get the business that McGregor brings in. I'm not, I'm not trying to put my put my head in the sand. But there's there's a time to do that when a business makes a little bit more sense because things aren't quite established there. You know, you want a George St. Pierre, Pierre to fight a Michael Bisping because it's George St. Pierre making his comeback. George St. Pierre, just, okay, we can we can talk then. Um, but we've seen Connor versus Khabib. It wasn't very close. And these other guys deserve title shots or... Quite frankly, one of them deserves to fight Conor. Put Dustin up against Conor, uh, against Conor McGregor again in the new weight class. That fight was forever ago. Um, you know, he's been almost an, on as good a win streak as Max Holloway has, and you've been considering having Max do it again. So, you know, from my standpoint, he he definitely deserves to be in that in that title picture. I think Tony definitely deserves it next. You know, he only lost his title opportunity because he tore up his knee. Um but but Dustin's got to be, I think, next up in line after that. I mean, he really does with the, with the amount of fights he's been winning. So if it's not going to be the the way the way it was first established, Dana said that he wants to see Tony versus Habib, Connor versus Dustin. That's the way you go. I, I mean, I think I don't think the, I don't think the boss of the UFC is is overthinking it there. I think that's logically what makes the most sense. I think it really does. So. We'll uh, we'll see what goes down, but, but uh, shout out to Daya and uh, and and best of luck with the the new box gym. I know I'll be stopping in a a number of times there because it's more in my neighborhood than uh, than than a lot of these places. So good for him, man. Uh, a couple other boxing notes before we get out of here. So 
We have one note locally. There's a lot of social media posts going around. If you guys are into some local boxing, it looks like the Heavyweight Factory is getting ready to put forth another boxing card, uh, which is going to be broadcast on Telemundo on March 1st. I'm assuming that's going to be at the Hard Rock because that's kind of been their hub lately. Um, so keep an eye out for that. If you guys are looking for a, a boxing card coming up, they uh, they typically put on good cards uh, with, uh, with good action. So that should be going forth. But nationally... Um, couple fascinating ones. So Amir Khan has told Eddie Hearn that he is not going to be fighting Kell Brook next, that he is in line to be fighting Terrence Crawford on April 20th. Bob Aaron came out this week and he said that Terrence Crawford's going to return April 20th to the ring. Uh, this is, you know, in my opinion, the best pound-for-pound boxer on the planet right now. And fighting Amir Khan, interesting fight stylistically. Very, very fast Amir Khan. You know, dealt with a lot of hand injuries. Has dealt with some personal stuff also. Um, I, th- I feel like Terrence Crawford's going to get the win there. But it is it is interesting with Amir because he brings that speed factor. How will Terrence deal with that? Um, Terrence is a tremendous defender. Can fight from both stances. The one thing I'll say with Amir Khan is Amir likes to brawl. You know, Amir, Amir likes when he gets... When he gets into a firefight, he doesn't shy away from it, and that can leave him vulnerable. You know, we've seen him, of course, you know, suffer some some real vicious knockout losses before because he doesn't like to shy away from from confrontation. He's a he's a fun fighter to watch, Amir Khan. He he really is. So I think this is a fun matchup for Terrence Crawford, probably the biggest fighter he's taken on a name. I don't know, some since Gam, since his win over Gamboa. You know? I mean the Jeff Horn fight had some had had good headlines around it, but a lot of people thought he was going to smoke Jeff Horn as he did. Um, but I, I like that matchup. It's it's as good a matchup I think they can do right now as far as what top rank was going to do for Terrence. He needs to stay in the limelight because I think the Mikey Garcia Errol Spence fight is going to be very big. Uh, but man, we need we need assuming Mikey Garcia assuming Errol Spence gets past Mikey Garcia. That's just the way I think it's going to go. Uh, and that's not taking anything away with with Mikey Garcia. It's just I think a lot of us look at that and just think he's biting off more than he can chew. Uh, God, I want to see Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence by the end of the year. And I, I want that to be the matchup. Like many of us want to see Anthony Joshua face Deontay Wilder by the end of the year. That's the fight we want to see. Now, there is an interesting rumor going out there, and this is courtesy of Dillian White, uh, who recently got his uh, victory over Derek Chisora. Hellacious knockout win. Uh, and a fight I thought he was losing. A fight I thought he was losing. So he had a, a comeback victory. Not quite to the level of uh, Deontay Wilder, Luis Ortiz. I don't feel like he was swimming in those kinds of waters. It was probably getting closer. But, yeah, I thought I thought at the time of that knockout, I was like, well, he, he, he kind of needed that. Um, Dillian White is throwing out a rumor that he has heard that Anthony Joshua is going to give up his spring date at Wembley Stadium. And instead, he will be fighting Jarrell Big Baby Miller in Madison Square Garden this spring. Um, which would and and Barry Hearn, who is uh, also in, who's uh, who's Eddie's dad, he was on London radio this week, and he said that Anthony Joshua's people have sent multiple emails, calls, communication lines to Deontay Wilder, and they have heard nothing back about fighting at Wembley Stadium. So it seems like Deontay's side, at least according to them, is very focused on doing the rematch with Tyson Fury. 
which I get. Um, hugely successful pay-per-view. Um, tight fight. Controversial. I think that fight brings a lot to the table. I think the rematch will do better than the first fight did. I don't blame Deontay and Tyson wanting to square that away. And in the meantime, who should Anthony Joshua fight? Dillian White or Jarrell Miller? I think Dillian White is deserving of a title shot, but he has lost to Anthony Joshua already. And so in a in kind of a, a tie goes to the runner type of thing, if if you're going to tell me who, who, does he, who does Joshua have to fight, can't blame him for wanting to fight a contender that he hasn't fought yet and beat yet. And Jarrell Miller's exciting because, one, he is also very charismatic. You're bringing Anthony Joshua to America. Uh, Jarrell Miller's from New York. He is a, he's a Brooklyn guy. So you're going to have him fight in his hometown, which will be cool. Anthony Joshua gets to fight in Jarrell Miller's backyard. But I also think Madison Square Garden, Anthony Joshua coming there, it's going to be huge, huge business. And I like that matchup. I think that's an interesting matchup because of Jarrell Miller's size, his punch volume. Um, don't really think he can be bullied around the ring by Anthony Joshua, but, um, Anthony Joshua is definitely taller, got that long reach. So it might be tough for Jarrell to, to bully around like he has been. It's fun. I, I like that matchup a lot. It interests me a lot more than the Dillian white fight does. I know Dillian brings that, brings that, that, that with, he brings more knockout power, but I'm interested in the size, the style of Jarrell and seeing how that goes in to beating Anthony Joshua. I think it's a fun fight. Everybody have a great rest of your week. Uh, We'll be back again, same time. We'll be 10 o'clock now from here uh, until further notice. We are here 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Fighters Fury. Everybody, if you missed any of the show, you can download the podcast, get the radio.com app. You can subscribe there, iTunes, all the other places where you typically uh, can get podcasts. Just look up Fighters Fury, or you can get it to our website, theticketmiami.com. It'll be up shortly after the show. We will talk to you guys next week.